It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We are going to pause our Browns talk and get back to it in the WKYC show, but we got to talk a little Cavs, and today's Cavs talk is brought to us by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Guys, it was an ugly Cavs loss last night. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Ugliest of they the year? They got booed off the court. I would say it's the ugliest loss I of the season. I thought it was. They were a double-digit favorite. They lost outright. And they showed, uh, frankly, no signs of life and or fight in the second half. I was there, and it was pretty ugly in the fourth quarter. How bad were the boos? Because every article I read this enough. morning yeah, said you, that they were, you're yeah, like, you I could, think, you know, they were booed off lot, the floor. I, it didn't come across that way, really. I mean, you could hear them, but it didn't sound like it was. It wasn't. Uh, first off, it was not a sold-out arena by any means. Like, Which it was, is problematic. It was the Blazers, but, so yeah, no, I know. with all due respect to the Blazers, it wasn't. They're do no packed respect. Crowd. What do you say? Are they do any respect? Yeah, I mean, my friend's a coach there, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to respect <laughs> the Blazers. They just beat the Cavs, so the Cavs better respect them next time they play. But I don't know that the Cavs would do respect either. Right now, they're not. That's fair. But, it, I mean, it was definitely audible. You could hear the boos. I wouldn't yeah. say it was like a deafening level boo, but they got booed off the court. Like, all those reports are 100% accurate. Yeah. They're, well, they're, what's their slogan? Let them know. I think the fans let them know last night where they stand on this team and they're underachieving. And right now, I, I made the – it's not even a joke, but I said this morning, I'm not sure JBC can get any hotter. Like, at this point, I'm not sure if we'll get J- fired, but his seat could not be any hotter than it is this I, morning. I know, Jason, when teams make moves like this, there's always a strategy behind it. They're getting ready to play the Detroit Pistons, who I don't think won a single game in November. They're, they right. lost 16, 15, 16 in a row. So okay. Two and 17, I think, but on I, the year. Aren't they, didn't they finish the month winless? I didn't look that. That is correct, yes. Is okay, okay, so – I know that teams look at schedules. They look at bye weeks in the NFL, give the coach two weeks to get his feet under him. I thought in the when the Cavs made that little push last night, they went on an 8-0 run to get, to get it, I think, to within four because they were down 12 after being up 16. When, they, when they, it was clear they weren't going to sustain that and they were going to take the L, I immediately thought Detroit's next. That's a team they should thump. And you like your new coach to get off on the right foot for momentum. 
I thought this this was the last we've seen of JB. Am I? No, I think that was a fair. I, if it was going to happen, I think it would happen already. It's noon. You do? It's noon now. I, I, if, if, if they were going to fire him off that loss, it probably would have happened this morning. It tends to, yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, we've kind of hinted around the edges of it all year long. It's something we at The Athletic have been monitoring very closely since the summer. I mean, I've heard since the summer he was in trouble. Yeah. So. Well, really, going back to the playoff loss. I mean, is, what, Jason, this to me is why the Cavs organization's a joke. Because... To have, like, every game, is he going to get fired? Is he going to get fired? Like, what do is it. the point? Yeah, Good organization. When you, when you don't know do that, you're going to do it, do it. Just do it. What, 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 kind of, what nonsense is this? Why did they even bring him back? If he's this close to being fired every game, why did they bring him back? Well, I think we got 10 minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to need more. Yeah. I, I thought last year it was a personnel issue more than a coaching issue. I really did. He didn't have the horses. He didn't have any shooting. Like, how many times do we talk about, you got to have shooting, you got to have shooting, you got to have shooting. He has it now. They do have more shooting now. And I I wrote a piece for The Athletic just a couple days ago. Their best lineup, if you want to look at the metrics and the data, their best lineup is Mobley at center with four shooters around him. It's not even Jared Allen on the floor. It's Nyang. And it's not Darius on the floor either, by the way. It's Donovan, Nyang, Struess, and Karis LeVert. Is data-driven. That's their best lineup so far. Uh, They've had a lot of problems. They've just been inconsistent. I mean – they whacked Denver at home. You know, you smash the defending champs at home. That's a pretty good win. They've had some good wins. Last night was a terrible loss. Sacramento on the road. I think Donovan had similar remarks after the Sacramento loss of how horrible it is and something's got to change. So this is twice now that he's come out with, with you know, comments like that. And, you know, when you say, do you have the, the clip, Mike, or the, the quote from the Don- quote? Yeah, we do. You can take tag of Donovan saying something's got to change. Well, it's pretty obvious what, what you're laying out there. I mean, you really. He had, a, he had a two-part quote real quick, just so we'll read it all. This is Donovan Mitchell. He said, this was the worst loss of the season, so that's it. Let's go. It starts with me. And then he followed that up by saying, we can either keep sitting here and having this conversation, or we can do something about it. I know we'll do something See, about now, it. See, now, you can read that two ways. He could be talking about the players. Because he is pointing the finger at himself, he and he's always been very good at that. It starts with me as the leader of the team. He's Absolutely. always been very and good I, at that. So I know it's easy to read that quote in a vacuum and think, "Oh, he's talking about firing the coach." But when you pair that with his other statement, the way I put them together is yeah. he's saying we can either you know we can sit here and you know do something about it or not. Uh, also, I think it should be pointed out that JB spent like two or three minutes at the podium, was very brief. Yeah. And then went in the locker room and had a lengthy meeting. Well, I with think his that was team. first. The locker room was first, and then oh, I, I thought team, he did team meeting was first, and, yeah. and then he went to media. Team okay. meeting was first, so he made the media wait for a while, and then only gave him two minutes. I had a, I had a problem last year, and, and I'm talking about what I had a problem. I had a problem with everybody in the organization. We even we had we had Campy on the show. They were very defensive about somebody calling out. Why are you resting on 51 wins? You can't. This team is already a, a team of that that could be accused of being too nice. After you lose to the Knicks and you get beat up, they come on and Kobe says, "Oh well, 51 wins is a is a is a mark in this league." JB, we we're a young guy with young nucleuses and all this other. Listen, man, that stuff was gone. They when Donovan Mitchell got here. Y'all didn't understand what type of time it was. And so now, <clears throat> Jason talks about it all the time. You got young guys to play hard every night defensively. 
What happens when those young guys wake up and they made all stars? Or they got max deals like Darius Garland. They get the money. They got the bag. Now they're like, man, we I'm about to be playing hard every single. We're going to coast like the other teams and turn it on in the playoffs. But what they don't realize, they're not good enough to do that. So when you massage their shoulders and make them feel like everything is okay, coupled with the fact that JB don't have no offense to speak of, I, you, we talked about Stefanski. We should be on JB more than Stefanski. <laughs> yeah, no, gee, it's a fair point because I didn't. I, I was actually in Fort Wayne, Indiana last night at a comedy show with my wife. So I, I didn't <laughs> That's see a long way to go for a comedy show. I hope it was Indiana. good. When I'm driving, it's two and a half hours away. So <laughs> <laughs> to see who? This guy Pete Lee, my wife loves him. He's hysterical, and it was a birthday he present come to for Cleveland. Her. Not he's not on Cleveland's not on the rotation. Shout we out to your date night, we were talking to him about that after yeah, the show. Why he's not? He's That's coming. A commitment. But so anyway, so I didn't see the game, and then I was starting to get messages. I'm like, what's going on? And then I talked to Mike on the drive home. So I watched the second half of the game this morning, and there's just their offense too much. It's it's too pick and roll heavy yeah. to start with, and there's too many times where it's just one guy trying to make a play going on. Like there are things you can do, and Mike knows this. There are things you can do when things are breaking down, when when stuff's not going your way. Just run basic NBA elementary. Get points. Horn, horns high plays and get guys moving. No there plays. are things to do. You don't see that, and though. And too often, Darius is really struggling this year with turnovers. Like, he's – Did he have nine last night? Nine last night. And he said after the game that Portland's a long defensive team and they were taking away angles. Portland switched every – they just switched every pick and roll. And he ended up with a six, seven long wing on him. And he struggled all night long against defenders that, frankly, if you're looking at the caliber of Darius Garland versus the guy who was trying to defend him. Yeah, Garland should win Should those not be an issue. That sounds like you're a right. ridiculous excuse. Have, we, have you soured on Garland at all? There's a concern. The, I, I haven't soured on Darius. The concern yeah. with Darius is, number one, he's got the biggest contract in franchise history. And he, <laughs> because of his size, think about that. There's, always, there's always an injury concern with him. There's always something. It's a neck, it's a knee, it's hamstring, whatever. There's always something because of just his, his frame. So keeping him healthy and keeping him on the floor is, is a little bit of a concern because there's – I mean, look at his games played history throughout his career. Rarely is he in the 70s. It's, there's, he's missing a lot of games every year. Can, we, can you call up the graphic again with the uh, compilation stats for JB? I, I think – so what, what we're all talking about is Bull is your, your point exactly. And I said this going into the Knicks series last year and then coming out of it. That was his moment. What are you going to do with a 51-win team and a home court advantage for a playoff series against a team you should beat? And you could look at all the metrics. He's a losing, he's got a losing record with the Cavs. He's got a losing record in his career. He's got a terrible playoff record. If we all were honest with ourselves, and I like JB and I do, I I I wish him well, but we've got a team that can do playoff damage. If you look at the roster, I'm not saying that it's a championship caliber team. This should never be a one-and-done team. We are wasting what might be a yeah. white-hot opportunity with the guy who I think we all know is not the right guy. Make the yeah. change if you're going to do it. I mean, the, think about some of the coaches they've hired in re, outside of Ty Lue in recent years. David Blatt. What's his name? Who was the guy? John Beeline. John Beeline. Like, somebody's hiring. That, that's, that's, I mean, that was 
Dan back in the day doing Dan but things. Going isn't for Dan his back in the guy. mix now? Dan, uh, yeah, I wrote that. Dan's Dan's back in the power seat. He's at Ugh. all the games. He's back in control. I don't. I don't know that necessarily. It's. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that it's as bad as it was okay. previously before his before his health things, because Dan. The one thing that Dan provides the organization is there's a target and that's where we're going. And in the past, it wasn't always necessarily the right target, but you knew you knew where you were going. There right. was direction. There was leadership. That's where we're going. Right. And at times, you know, I've heard from people in the organization at times that wasn't always there these last couple of years. So I think it could be a good thing in <clears> some <throat> ways that he's back. Well, to have accountability. I, am I am I overly aggressive with my statement on the on, on JB? Here's the thing. Like, no. I, I just when I look at his metrics and I look at the roster he has, don't waste this opportunity. They don't come around. Yeah, often. it's 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 a tough conversation because he didn't have enough shooting last year. You can't win in the NBA without shooting in the playoffs. I don't care about the regular season. I don't care. Regular season doesn't matter. I don't care about the 51 wins. It doesn't matter. I don't either. To win in the postseason, you have to have shooting. You have to have – you got to be able to guard all five guys on the floor, and that was not happening last year. So I don't put the, lo- the Knicks loss on JB because he did not have the horses to get that done. I was calling for Danny Green, like broken down, decrepit Danny Green to play because at least he could <laughs> well, shoot. We're at the quarter pull of this and season. Now this and now this year is different. He has the shooting this year. And, and they're winning different. at a far less clip and this year than and last. And that's the disappointing thing is it's it's like it's it's just too inconsistent to this point. And so that's the frustrating part. And I don't the regular season doesn't matter, but it's hard to believe that this yeah. team that's young that's never I mean the LeBron years they could screw around and go get drunk for three days in Napa because you knew they were going to flip it under when the when the playoffs began. Right. You don't have that assurance with this young team that's never really accomplished anything to be able yeah. to do who, that. Who, so if he does get if he does get fired really quickly because we got to go, who, who's who's the guy? Who's the is it an interim guy? Or do they go outside and get somebody? Is get it, somebody what's his name? What, the what is the Vancouver coach? Like? So there's two guys on the bench: yeah. Luke Walton and, and Greg Buckner are the guys that you would look at that would be the logical candidates. The Dave Yeager is the guy that I have circled who's looming in the background who they brought in sort of very quietly slid him into the organization. I, I, I truly don't know if Dave's health will allow him to do it. He's had a lot of health issues in the past. That's why he stepped down. He's, he, was, he was an excellent head coach in the league, had success in Sacramento, well, by Sacramento standards, <laughs> and Memphis, very well-respected head coach. He was in Philly last year and his assistant, um, and that's the guy that I would just sort of keep an eye right. on. If this goes Doesn't sideways. it feel like super ca- chats? Five seconds, Mike. Doesn't it feel like the Cavs are in this middle of the the league situ- spot you never want to be in? Yes, they have the fourth yeah. best odds to win the East, but they're far away from the top three. Yeah. There's the top three: Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, and then the you don't Cavs. Want to are be fourth. in that middle area? All right, I got to fly through some super chats before we head over to WKYC. James Cosby says, "How does Schwartz' defense do versus the Rams? It'll be interesting to see how the defense responds after a loss against Stafford." We talked a lot about that on Wednesday with Tyvis. Matt Mariani says it's brought up a lot. Only one bad season JOK had was 2022 when his brother died. Would probably affect all of our performances at work, plus Jim Schwartz. Akimbo RPG says if Kareem Hunt is a big wheel, Joe Flacco is a unicycle. Damian Frederick said Miles pre-rec last season, three sacks in three games. Miles post-rec, 13 sacks in 13 games. He's not human. Skilly says I'm able to watch a live show so that I could shout out my 12 months as a member. Also, Adam the Bulge, I died. Shout out Skilly. Simple says Flacco is 2-0 against the Rams with an 87.6 passer rating and averages 344 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Let's hope we get those (laughs) averages on Sunday. And Daryl says the best sports show in Cleveland is UCSS, hands down. We trust in Flacco and Schwartz, but JB got to go. 
<laughs> Where else can you talk about strippers, Adam uh, the Bulge, yeah, yeah. OnlyFans, yeah, yeah. Joe Flacco, Jesse <coughs> Bickerstaff. Oh, we the, cover it all. The other shows are generic compared to that. <laughs> Hard balls. <Sorry>. All right. <laughs> uh, I will see you on WKYC. Yeah, go check us out on Channel 3. If you're not in the Cleveland area, WKYC Plus or WKYC.com. Click the Watch Live Now And welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show here on WKYC. We are 51 hours and 30 minutes from showtime. It's the Browns at the Rams. I'm Jay Crawford. I'm going to tell you why the biggest story coming into this game is injuries. I'm Adam the Bull, and I'm going to tell you why old man Flacco has to be the choice this Sunday against the Rams. G. Bush. I am G. Bush, and I will tell you, Miles Garrett might be playing but Denzel Ward being out of this game is a huge factor. Jason. And I'm Jason Lloyd. I'm going to tell you what happens before the game. Headlines. It's one of our favorite segments on the show. <laughs> Mikey. I'm Mikey McNuggets, and Coach Tyvis gave me a first-class education on how JOK went from being just a guy to being a potential pro bowler. He's going to do the same for you in just a few minutes. Man, if he's old man Flacco at 38, what are we? <laughs> very, <laughs> very <decrepit. old. laughs> That's, It's got me thinking, Ancient. Ancient. It's got me thinking. All right, obviously, Joe Flacco is the linchpin to this game. How will he play? Fourth quarterback this year for the Cleveland Browns. We know he's got a Super Bowl. We know he's 38 years old. What's going to have to happen for him? Like, let, me, let me start it this way. Would you rather it be Joe Flacco starting over a DTR who's still in concussion protocol at this point? Does it look like he's going to be able to go? I think it's got to be Flacco. You know, I... Th- Earlier in the week, we all said, well, if DTR gets cleared, let him play. And then Mary Kay came on and said, listen, he got clobbered. His mouth was bleeding. It's already Friday. Now, maybe he gets cleared today, but I think at this point, you got to go with the veteran. We've talked about on the YouTube show at length. The practice reps are so important to these guys. Even if DTR is magically cleared today, I think it's too late, frankly. Like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday installations are so important when you're dealing with young guys like DTR and frankly like a guy like Joe who just got here who also needs those reps he hasn't even been in the league so give him the Friday reps he's already had Wednesday and Thursday it has to be Joe at this point I'd rather have DTR just because he's been here all year if both guys are healthy give me DTR but under the circumstances of where things stand for this week at least it has to be Joe yeah we, they, they've been doing musical chairs with the reps like Jason said when you need those reps, Joe Flacco needs to, re- to knock the rest off. If DTR was here, he still needs the reps to develop. So they've been trying to re- work on these two-track things almost for two years now because we had the Jacoby Brissett thing and then Sean Watson came back. And and, and I, I will say Kevin Stefanski has experience doing that. So it, it's uncomfortable, but he, he's showing something to just be safe for I'm uncomfortable in, in being comfortable in a, in a certain way of, of getting guys ready to play in unorth- or unorthodox situations. Yeah, Bull, I'm exactly where you are. When you look at Channel 3 has a close-up ISO version of the hit that DTR took, it's devastating. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot more serious when I saw the close-up in full speed than what it looked like in real time watching right. it with the network camera angle. 
Uh, it was serious. And I'm guessing that the organization made the early decision it's going to be Joe. Yeah. Give him the reps. Because we saw what happened before the Ravens' first game. Yeah. He didn't get the reps. Right. He was he was doing a little bit in practice, but for the most part, they were leaning towards going with yeah. Deshaun Watson. At the end of the day, it comes time to play the game. Deshaun can't go, and it was obvious to anybody watching. DTR yeah. was underprepared. I don't think they're going to let that when happen try, again. When you try and get two quarterbacks prepared, you end up getting neither right. one prepared. Yeah. And, and remember, we don't even know that he's going to get cleared anyway. Marquise Goodwin had a concussion. He's been out a month. I know a lot of guys come back in a week or two. Most players that get a concussion miss at least one game. You had said quarterbacks this year, only right. one. Only one. Purdy's the only guy who got a concussion and then played that following Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but he was already practicing by like Wednesday, Thursday, and, and DTR has not. Let's do this. Let's because the Browns have won games this year. Probably their stiffest opponent on the schedule so far, the San Francisco 49ers, with less than average quarterback play. In fact, you could say it was bad quarterback play. Where does Joe Flacco have to be on a one to ten for the Browns to be able to beat this Rams team that's emerging, I think, as a better team than most thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season? If it's a one to ten, five being average, I think he just has to be average. Um, we look around and, and you got to think about it. The Browns have not got stellar quarterback play this year. It's not like they're they're tearing you know the cover off the ball or anything or, or or doing putting major points on the board. All you need Joe Flacco to do is what PJ Walker can't. Don't get sacked. Don't turn the ball over. Don't get confused. If you can do that, mix some plays in and, and continue and consistently move the ball down the field, stay in front of the chains. I think they give him opportunity to win. Jay? The stat box on Joe, the one that concerns me the most, is the eight fumbles. I've been saying it all year. Just don't turn the ball over. They can get away with a four out of ten. Really. I mean, they've won with 40% and two interceptions out of the quarterback. When you're playing on the road, though, and you're playing against an offense that can still score like the Rams can, you can't give them short fields. It's a broken record. I say it every week, but it applies with this team every week. With the defense that they have, just don't turn the ball over, and you can figure out the rest. So as long as he's not getting hit in the pocket, which is a big concern with their tackles, if the, if the protection holds, if they're not getting to him, he's not putting the ball on the ground. I don't know that I necessarily – I don't fear him throwing interceptions as much as you do with P.J. Walker. I think he's a veteran. I know he has thrown a ton, but he's a veteran. He should know where to go with the ball. It's really with me. It's the fumbles for him more than yeah. in the, in yeah, the interceptions. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he's thrown eleven interceptions in his last twenty games. That's not great. But PJ Walker's thrown eighteen in his last like five games, or you know, not quite five, a little more than that. But still, I, I listen. The Browns have won games this year where the quarterbacks played at a zero or a one. I'm not exaggerating here. Now. The defense was completely healthy for those games. The defense is not completely healthy for this game, so it's got to be higher. I think four is the number, slightly below average. They can win. If Flacco's terrible, they're going to lose because I would expect the defense not to be elite in this game like they were early in the year because they're dealing with injuries, and the Rams have a pretty decent well, offense. For that reason, I think yeah. you guys are way low. I think Flacco has to be at a six, maybe Ooh. even a seven, and here's why. Uh -oh. You touched on it. Yeah. We got... Our best player on defense playing with a bad left wing. We saw what that looked like last year. Denzel Ward, the, the back end star of our defense <laughs> and the second best player. Yeah. So if you go into this game with the mindset that, hey, you know, we did it against San Francisco, put it in the hands of the defense. This offense is dynamic, and we're going to talk about that next. They can come at you with two different styles. And because of that, 
I don't think they're going to be able to hold the Rams under 20 points. So I, I just think Flacco's going to have to make plays. It's going to have to be better than a four or average. I've got him at a six, maybe even as Put high numbers as a seven. on that. What, is, what does that look like? What's a six or a seven look like? I think like? he's got to throw a couple of touchdowns, no turnovers, and over 200 yards. That's about a six or a seven. How many big-time throws? Well, in the course of a game, you're going to need to make probably five or six to keep drives going. Yeah. I need, and I, he can do that. We saw him do it against the Browns last year in week, yeah. one, in week two. So I think he's going to – if we get an average Joe Flacco or a four or a five, I think we're coming back 0-2 on our West Coast. I think trip. you're overrating the Rams' offense a tiny bit. I don't think well, they're, we're going to talk about that them next. as dynamic. I don't see them as dynamic. We're going to talk about that next. And the reason yeah. I say dynamic is because I think they're multifaceted. Mm-hmm. A lot of defenses, you can look at them, or offenses, you can look at yeah. them and say, they're going to get you with the pass, or they're going to get you with the run. San Francisco is a rich man's version of what the Rams are doing. Williams has proven to be a very formidable running back this year. We know about the two wide receivers in in Cup and Nakua, and Stafford is a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl and is playing, I think, a lot better than most people think. Because of that, which one of those two poses the bigger threat? Williams running it or Stafford throwing it? I wanted to go Stafford because the old Toby Keith song, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good <laughs> once as I ever was. That's great. And I worry about guys like Stafford and Cooper Cup. They just need, you know, it's in there and you just don't want to see it at the wrong time. But I have to go with Kyron Williams only because he's the type of explosive back. We were talking to Chris Rose about it on the YouTube show about he's sort of that Jalen Warren type that, that really gashed the Browns at times. The Steelers running back, the Ravens had a run running back, a young running back, sort of the same way that gashed them this year as well. So it's those guys, and we saw the running game of the Broncos really sort of eat up the Browns that I don't think we saw that coming last week. Right. So I think I'm a little bit more concerned with Kyron Williams. I'm definitely more concerned about Kyron Williams. The Browns have not been – now maybe this will be the first time, but the Browns have not been hurt by non-mobile quarterbacks at all. The quarterbacks they've struggled with this year are the mobile guys, and Matt Stafford is not mobile. He's a statue in that pocket. I'm not wor- – now again, their defense may not be – up to snuff as it was. I still think we got as good a defensive coordinator as there is in the league, and he will be able to game plan for this game to get them better than they were last week. They didn't play quite well enough last week. Kyren Williams is the type of player that has given the Browns fits. Hey, we didn't play well against the Broncos last week. We, we, we lost that game. Russell Wilson played a pedestrian game. But if you look at the Rams, the Rams got better offensive talent than the Broncos. But Russell had. Wilson's mobile. He is mobile. He'll get down. But I, I like the Rams. You know what Cooper Cup can do. Puka Nakua is is uh, fine for them. And Kyron Williams is dynamic. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, screens, and he's a home run hitter. You might not catch him if he breaks out and, and gets in an open field. I, I think this is going to be a very tough game. We're going to see what Jim Schwartz has. Um, I got faith in him. But this is going to be an uphill battle. They, yeah. they can score some points. We're in agreement. I think Williams is where you have to start with your defensive game plan. Try to make them one-dimensional. Take the runaway. Yes, Stafford can beat you through the air. We've seen him do it. He's got two nice weapons there. It Again, to me, the, the reason I started the show by saying, to me, the biggest headline this week is injuries. Look at how much different this team looks without Denzel Ward. And I know that Miles Garrett is the heartbeat But without Denzel Ward in the back end of that defense, both areas suffer, run and pass. So 
you got it's a pick your poison. Yeah. But I do think that the game plan defensively should start on the run. There's a lot of talent on this defense. It may not be as good as Denzel yeah, Ward or Miles Garrett, but there's a lot of talent. These other guys got to step up and play better this week. Yeah, you're right. This is a step up. Let's game. go. When guys are hurt, guys need to play bigger. Yeah. And pick up the slack. All right, we're taking our first break. When we come back, Coach Tyvis with a breakdown of JOK. After this break, brought to you by PCC Airport. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC Channel 3. We're getting you ready for the Rams and the Browns on Sunday. JOK has been one of the most improved players for this Browns team so far this year. Coach Tyvis standing by with Mikey McNuggets as to why he's been so good. Guys? Thanks, Jay. Coach Tyvis joins us every Friday, and he helps us break down and showcase a player on the Browns who's gone above and beyond our wildest expectations. Last season, JOK, you could have said that stood for just OK. This year, the Browns' third-year linebacker might be a pro bowler, and he did some things against Denver last Sunday that were phenomenal. So good that we had to bring Coach Tyvis in to help explain what he did, why he did it, and why it's so difficult. Well, just okay looked pretty darn good on <laughs> Sunday. I'm going to tell you that right now. JOK went out there this Sunday, and he showed his athleticism. And we're going to see it in some of these plays. We're going to show you why this guy is a pro bowler, and he is who he say he is. As we look at JOK right here at this middle linebacker, he gets in there and engages with the 300-pound guard and still makes this play. I don't think guys understand. This guy is listed at 220 pounds. You should never try to make contact with a 300-pounder, but he does. He keeps gap integrity, stays inside of his gap. But that's just not enough. He gets off of it and makes the tackle with a 300-pound guy on him. That guy is special this year. And if it happens once, it's just an anomaly, a coincidence. You mm -hmm. got lucky when Anybody it happens. Anybody can do it one time. Anybody. Even him. Even me. <laughs> and when it happens twice in a game, though, well, that's a different story. And JOK, not once, not twice, but three times was in the backfield. And the second play mm -hmm. might be even more impressive than the first. Well, you thought he was athletic from the first one. Let's look at this second play right here. This one is so good that the guard doesn't even touch his jersey. He gets right up under it and gets in on the tackle. He sees a party on the ball and he wants to have some of that as well. Again, let's look at it from the back end right here. This guard is supposed to get JOK. He doesn't touch his jersey. Uh, gets up under there and makes the tackle. JOK is playing at a very elite level right now. And last year, instincts were something we questioned about JOK. Mm -hmm. Did he have the requisite instincts to play linebacker? Dequell Jackson, maybe the best Browns linebacker <laughs> yeah. in the modern era, came on our show and said, I don't know if he has the instincts to play the position at a high level. This year, not the case. And his sack against Denver appears to have come off straight instincts and film study. Well, film study is a big part of it. Let's look at JOK on this sack right here. This is one of those moments, you know, when you look at film and you say to yourself, okay, when this play comes up, I'm going for it. And that's exactly what this was. JOK saw this formation, he seen the situation, and he said, you know what? I know what they're doing. It's play action, 100%, and I'm shooting my shot. A lot of guys would be scared to do this, but he believed in it, and he made this play, blew it up. Russell Wilson didn't know what hit him. Whoever is responsible for JOK on this play, when they got back to the sideline, the offensive coordinator said, come here, let me talk to you for a second. You see number six? Make sure you put a hand on him the next time. Coach Tyvis never scared to shoot a shot. JOK did it on Sunday. It worked, and he'll have to do it again to slow down Kyron Williams and this Rams offense. Jay, back to you. All right, guys, great stuff. JOK 
playing like an all-pro or Pro Bowl player this year. We're taking a break. When we come back, we love this segment. You got to pick a side. No fence riders when the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show comes right back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. If you're a fan of the TV version, check us out on YouTube every Monday through Friday, 11 to 1. Just go to YouTube, type in UCSS, and our page will pop up. Like us, subscribe to us. Best thing about the show is you can watch it on your time, anytime, day or night. All right, we love this segment because you got to pick a side. No That's fence right. riders. Mikey, we've got, what, three of them today? Got three of them today, so let's get right to it. First and foremost, these are yes or no questions. Pick a side, no ride in the fence. First one, will the Browns have more rush attempts than pass attempts against the Rams? That was a question we were all asking. <laughs> after they ran the ball just 16 times against Denver. A split fence here. Tyvis Bowl and myself said, yeah, they are going to run the ball more. But Earl, J, Jason, and G said not a chance. Yeah, there's too much hay in the barn, too much experience for me to say that now suddenly they're going to flip the script and run more than they throw. I think they should, but I don't think they will. Nah, you're going to get Willie Wonka today. They're going to throw the ball. Running backs might throw the ball. And Joe Flacco is a new quarterback, so that means Kevin Stefanski need to take him on the test drive. He's going to be t- <laughs> Kick the tires. He's going to be throwing the ball all over the park. Obviously, it depends somewhat on how the game goes, right? Sure. It, you know, yeah. part of the reason they threw so much is because they were down in the fourth quarter last week. I, I feel like the defense is going to show some pride this week and make up for the injured guys. I think the Browns defense is going to play very well in this game. So I think it's going to be a low, lower scoring game. I don't think they're going to fall behind. And that's why I got them running a lot, especially to protect their old quarterback who can't move. They should run it a lot. Yeah, I think they will run a lot. I think they're going to throw it more. Joe's got the experience. Kevin has a track record of liking to throw mm-hmm. to set up the run. It's a little bit different than the way we, they played football 50 years ago of set up to run it to throw the pass to set up the pass. So I just I, I, history tells us they're going to throw it more than yeah, they're going to run. I'm exactly with you. All right, Mike. Number two, the Browns allowed quite a few rushing yards to the Broncos, so they're only averaging now. Five rushing yards against. So will the Rams get 105 rushing yards with Kyron Williams in this game? Earl, J, Jason, and G said, yeah, the Browns are going to allow more than that. Myself, Bull, and Tyvis all said no. Well, Bull, you're the same trio. Why? Yeah, I know. Why? why? Uh, I, I think that the Browns are going to focus on the run game. I don't see how they can. This idea, the, the Mike stat about it. Nobody's had eight in the box. I think the Browns, even without Denzel Ward, will do it. I think they're going to be – they have struggled to stop the run the last couple of weeks. Right. Jim Schwartz has got to be pissed, ticked off about that. There's no doubt. So, I think he's going to make it a focus of what they're doing this week. Jay? Kyron Williams, the last few weeks, if you look at his rushing totals, it's a lot higher than, than 105. And 105 is really not that big of a number, really. I mean, the Browns have been so great defensively against the run. They've put up some incredible numbers. But 105 is a team collectively. It's really not that high of a bar. So I, I just, I just think they got gashed last week. I do think that they'll tighten some things up. But
But just because if, if it's 140, 145, maybe I'd say no, but I think that they'll clear the 105 mark. Well, you look at it. They, he doesn't have to get that all, uh, you know, in you know, three, four, five, six carries. The Browns have shown that they'll give up 50, 60, even 70-yard runs sometimes when you are playing aggressive defense. And if you do put eight in the box, um, one of the, the unintended consequences of having that many people there is if you miss, if a guy makes you miss and moves, Guess what? There's not a lot of guys in the secondary that's going to tackle him. I think he'll have over 100. Yeah, Jay, I'm exactly with you. 105 is a low bar. I mean, this is a running back that has proven he's averaging over five yards a carry. I think he's going to get it 20 times. He may go over 105 by himself, but I think the team will definitely go well, over 105. Was, oh, I thought it was just Kyron Williams. <laughs> There's 105 as a team, Bull. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. not that they give it to your, anybody read else. Your Reading is hard. Uh, right, last question. Will Dustin Hopkins be the leading scorer this game for either team? Not as split, but myself and Jason. Both said yes. The rest of y'all said no. So you guys are going to be a low-scoring game then because I think the only way he's the leading scorer is to get some low score. Well, two field goals and, and an extra point gets him to seven, and so to top that, you need someone to score two touchdowns. Yeah. And well, I don't know if there's going to be – Yeah, the quarterback can throw for two touchdowns. Well, he's not scoring it. I took that as scoring uh, scoring the points. Oh, I looked at it as fantasy points. Like, reading. You, you get the fantasy points. Reading is hard. Jason, <laughs> Jason had it right. Ah, reading is hard, guys. So, oh. because of that reason, I'm not expecting a player to score two touchdowns in this game. This one was kind of easy for me. Give me two field goals and an extra point. Well, two field goals and, a, and an extra point, though, isn't easy. Well, but, I mean, that's all the Browns do is kick field goals. Yeah, that's you're still not a lot of points. That would mean they'd only scored 13 points in the game. Uh, but, no, I mean, yeah. th- a minimum. Just at a minimum. Right, yeah. right, right. Like, he may have three or four field goals. I don't know. I got yeah. the Browns with two touchdowns. Thrown by Flacco and and uh, one field goal in this game. All right. I mean, listen, I already got, uh, you know, this is the foreshadowing. I got in my, my, my fence riders, I got the same thing in the headlines. Two touchdowns by Flacco. So, no, Hopkins is not going to be the leading scorer. All right. Very good. I just happen to think that. Uh, Even though we didn't follow the assignment. No. Yes, technically. We'll read better next yeah. week. We promise. I'm the honor roll student here, apparently. Yeah. That's well, scary. That's of, always been the case. <laughs> If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, and you can read, check out PCC Air Force, our <laughs> leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio, and all locations of PCC Air Force in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, we're going to tell you who wins the game and how they do it. It's our pre-written headlines. All wrapped up in our predictions. The Elton Cleveland Sports Show comes right back. Welcome back. It's the culmination of our WKYC Elton Cleveland Sports Show. We do it every week as we lead up to the Browns games. We're making our predictions. We call them pre-written headlines. Bull. Guys, I don't want to rely on Joe Flacco for the rest of the season, but I'm good with a couple of weeks. I think he's going to have a pretty solid game here. Jay talked about he needs to be a six or a seven, 200-something yards and two touchdowns. That's what I got, 225, two touchdowns to lead the way. One to Cooper, one to Cedric Tillman, and the Browns hold off the uh, Rams 17 to 14. Still enough gas in the tank. I'm going to tell you what. Kool-Aid Mafia is ready to go. <laughs> Flacavelli revised, rewinds time. Flacavelli. Flacavelli. <laughs> three touchdowns. He drops Ooh. three TDs on the Rams in a 27-19 win. And I'm going to tell you what, get used to seeing Joe Flacco under center, baby. Wow. Jesus. It's going to win the job. 
One to job. Boy, we're all sort of in the same uh, vein here with Flacco. Mm-hmm. Joe puts his teeth in, <laughs> and the dogs find their bite. <laughs> Browns wheel Flacco out of retirement home and win with their fourth quarterback of the season. Old Joe's bag of bones, 38 years old, <laughs> dragged him off the golf course, slapped a helmet on him, and threw him out on the field. Man, so put it's his teeth in. What's the most <laughs> quarterback? Goodness. Mike, before Monday. He's got a need- walker, too? We need to look up the most. Uh, quarterbacks that have won a game for a team in one year. This would be four. It would be four. Would be four. The last time it happened was 2015. The Houston Texans made the playoffs with four different quarterbacks winning a game. That's not. Has anybody ever had five? I'll double check, but I we I still got seven weeks. I can't imagine <laughs> anyone has won five. All right, here's my headline. I'm. Uh, this has been a trend this year. Uh, you guys are all on board, and I'm just not. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the, the. This is you know death by a million cuts on the injury front. We've got not just missing parts, we've got vital missing parts. It's on the road. The Browns haven't run one on the West Coast in a decade. They're over their last eight. I just can't see how they pull this one out. Please, guys, prove me wrong. I think they come back with a seven and five record. What has Anthony done to Denzel in the background? Denzel of that? Ward is in a fetal position. I didn't see it. Throw it back up quickly one more man. time. Oh, I got to do my headline first. Right. I'm going to put Anthony's up. I didn't but, uh, see it. How about jokes on you, Stafford? JOK's pick six late seals the deal, Ooh, wow. ending the Rams' oh, wow, playoff okay. host. We showcase JOK with Coach Tyvis, and I'm all in. I think JOK is another monster game come Sunday. You put a bozo nose on Stafford? <laughs> Damn, they used all the graphics Please, pretty we got hard. 10 seconds. Throw, let me see what Denzel Ward in the fetal position on my headline. I missed it. Look at him in the background. Oh, my God. He's just thrown up on the table. <laughs> oh, That's sort of the status of this team right That now. looks like a horror movie. Like, they're cutting up his body for parts oh, or something. Goodness. What is happening there? That is awful. <laughs> Don't forget, watch the two-minute warning show. It's the Browns post-game show on UCSS. When the game has two minutes left, go to the YouTube page and watch the guys break down all of the action from Sunday. For all of the guys in the UCSS Sports Show, thanks for watching. Enjoy the game and go Browns. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 